0: All right, so one of my uh, favorite people in the world is going to come up and speak uh, today, and a few of my favorite people in the world are up here this this afternoon, and so Sophia, thanks for joining, and Vince, can you come on up? So I don't really need to introduce this guy anymore because he's the big bald guy who always rips on me every time he comes up here. But uh, Vince is one of my best friends. We've known each other for a long time. Actually, we met at a conference at the very beginning of the Ark uh, uh-huh. in Redding, California, and uh, I didn't didn't know him at all and didn't uh-huh. know what God had for us. But every time he comes, he usually shares. Um, some people have said, "I can understand why you guys are friends." You, you know, I found that insulting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It begins. Yeah, Here yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but That's I think too easy. Uh, <laughs> That's, that was easy. That was easy. <laughs> Uh but uh Vince always comes and shares very vulnerably uh about things that God's been doing with him. He's a very prophetic person. I've heard God's voice through him many, many, many times in my life, and we're very blessed to have you, man. Thanks. Um welcome. All right. All right, let's welcome him as he comes up. Thank
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi everybody. Hello, hello, hello. I do have my whole family here today. Um Sophia's here, and our newest is Clementine Sue, and she's two and a half, three months. Yeah, and then I've got a 20-month-old over there, and I've got a three-year-old over there. Yes. (laughs) I may or may not have fallen asleep at Starbucks this morning while preparing for this message, and I definitely fell asleep when I came home for the hour in between coming. We're a little tired. We're a little tired. You should have three, like, really close together. It will absolutely change your life. It will do it. It will do it. Well, I'm, I'm always excited to be here. Um, always excited to be here. You guys are awesome. You're such excellent people. You really are. When we read the prayer together, it's like in perfect syncopation. No other church is like that. <laughs> Like, it's always, like, everyone jumbling every other word. If it has more than three syllables, it really gets tricky. Here, mm-mm, smooth, smooth, highly educated, very good, articulate, excellent people. So, I'm impressed, always impressed with you. Um, let's pray a little bit. but don't close your eyes and bow your heads. Let's just, let's talk, talk, pray to God together, because that's how I kind of like to do it. I like, I like it like he's here with me. Um, because he is, he's here. Um, So God, I'm really thankful that you're here with us today. I am, uh, because we really need you a lot. We, We are good at attending events. We all probably went to school our whole life, so we can show up and listen to people talk. That's easy. But getting our lives changed and accelerated is a different thing. And so that requires you. Not a good speaker, not good singers. It requires you. So we are looking for you today. We want to see you move among us. Uh, We want to see you speak to us and hear you speak to us. And we really want to be changed. So now you can close your eyes, and I'll do the same, and I'll just say, me, God, come do it to me. Come and meet me. Come and meet me, because we need you so much. I need you so much. We need more of you in our lives, God. We have heroic ideas for ourselves that require you not us to take over our lives. And so we renew our vow to you today again that we say make heroes out of us. Make a hero out of me. Make me someone in my family and my generation that that changed a lineage and changed a neighborhood and changed a workplace forever. Make me someone God who who people look at and they wonder how they carry themselves that way, how they, they have so much joy in the midst of chaos, how they have so much strength when everything seems weak. God changed me again today. Amen. That was me, personal. Sorry. I'll let you into that. All right. you guys here? All right. Um, I'm going to start I got to start with you. Hi. What's your name? I'm pointing right behind you. Yes. Yes. I just say your name, that's all. I won't make you say another word. What is it? Marcella, thank you. My daughter is three years old. Um, she loves Doc McStuffins. Doc McStuffins is a cartoon. Once you have children, if they're born any in the next five, ten years, you might get the pleasure of hearing Doc McStuffins like every day for about three to four hours a day. My daughter carries around a doctor's case, and she gives checkups to the whole family probably about 14 to 15 times a day. That includes a shot, it includes a little hammer, she'll hit you on the knee or the head or the eye, whatever she wants <laughs> to work on. There's a little ear thing that she sticks in your eye, she does that. Um, there's a stethoscope, and there is a, um, oh, what's the paper, what's the paper? The diagnosis, she has the diagnosis. She says diagnosis, and it's a piece of paper, she goes, where's my diagnosis? And she'll run to her room and come back with a piece of paper, and she says, Daddy, di- diagnosis. It's okay. Don't worry. All right. (laughs) And so she is just, she was Doc McStuffins for Halloween, and she had the full outfit and the glasses and the whole thing. She's into it. She's like joyfully into it. She screamed at me today when I tried to put her down for a nap because I wouldn't let her have her doctor's kit in bed with her for her nap. Um, She does that a lot (laughs) because she's three, and it's fun, but she's just overjoyed at, this idea of being a doctor it's the coolest thing I've ever seen because I don't remember that about myself I don't remember uh, I, other than ba- baseball is my thing but I don't remember like an activity being like this is what I do this is it this is, and it's so pure and it's just her and so uh, I'm bringing that up because God highlighted you to me because he feels the same way about you that I feel about my daughter It's this excitement about these things that are in your heart, and they've been there since you were a little girl. And it was like this dream of becoming or doing this one thing. And it's really special to you, but it's been really quieted over the years because there's just a lot of life that happens to all of us. That's how life works. But when he looks at you, he gets this overwhelming joy because he sees that light that's still inside of you. It may be really quiet right now, but he's overwhelmed because he's promised this thing to you and he's going to give it to you. And all he requires of you is just to be like that little three-year-old that says, you know what? I don't care if I don't know how to use the tools right. I'm going to enjoy the pursuit of that dream. And maybe God will allow you to do it to the degree that he put in your heart to do it when you were a little kid. So all I want to say to you today is you're beautiful. God's made you really specifically to do something very specific, so have a lot of courage. Forget about what people say or what you think or what you failed at, or whatever life has brought your way that has made you think it may not happen, and just think that there's a huge God that put that thing in your heart, and you're going to go get it, and you're going to go get it, and he's going to bring the support to you, and he's going to bring the courage to you, because that's the biggest part of it. It takes a lot of courage to go where you're dreaming to go. Is that okay? Okay. You don't have to say anything. You're good. (laughs) All right. God loves us a lot. His idea about us is huge. And I try to say something to this effect every time I come, because I think one of the things that we fall victim to in our culture is being so caught up in the pursuit of the daily tasks, or the monthly tasks, or the quota for the year, that we we can get busy enough to where we stop dreaming for ourselves. I was standing at the top when the service started, and he goes, aren't they beautiful? And I can't disagree with him, so I said, even Ryan? (laughs) It was a question, it wasn't a no, it was like, are you sure? Um, and, and he just went. He moved on. He didn't answer that. Um, he, it was great, a lot like God. He doesn't always answer our questions. And um, he goes, "Aren't they beautiful?" And, and he said, "They're they're so, so good at looking for my my activity." And I saw an example of a person with a like, looking out at a pond, and someone threw a rock, and the rock hits the pond, and it, it does the wave, the, you know, the thing, you know, the ripples in the water, and um, and, and then I, that person quickly took, like, a notepad out, this is, I always get these images for you guys, notepad out, and starts, like, and then they're just waiting, like, looking at the water, and there's nothing happening, it's, like, perfectly still, and he goes, they're so beautiful, But they just, they, they're focused so intently on doing it right. And that wasn't a, a negative thing, but it wasn't, wasn't a positive thing either. And I know how that, I know what that means, because I can, I'm that way. I know what that means. It's like, I want to execute perfectly in order to achieve the ultimate outcome. And so I I'm I'm I study it. Like I, I study myself, I'm I'm cautious about how I act and react. I, I reflect. I sometimes think too often about what the next steps need to be. But the crazy thing about God is that it's 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 God and it's spiritual oftentimes and it's not always tangible. It's sometimes like in behind the veil of what I'm dealing with and, and he looks at us and he goes ah they're beautiful but the next step for them in terms of progress is that they put the paper down and I said this to you guys last time I'm saying it again that they put the notepad down and they stop studying and, and breathe and be present with me and the comment was that in order to do the amazing, magical, like really electric God stuff. There has to be time where you actually connect intimately with the amazing, magical, electric God yourself. That has to happen. And the funny thing is, it does happen in the context of group and church. This is part of it. This is 100% part of it. You can't get there without this. But there's another part of it that you can't get there without and that's the part where you Vince McCary in the midst of all of my pursuits responsibilities and challenges take the time to stop and pause and in that stopping and pausing the difference that I think that God's trying to highlight today is that not just that we stop and pause but we have our notepad like quick at hand but we stop and pause and there's no notepad available we actually go just to be there. Not to record something to come back to reality with. And so one of the biggest challenges in like being a sermon preparer or speaker, James says, "Like, hey guys, don't be quick to sign up to speak in church. And like God would always highlight that, that scripture to me. I'm like, okay, am I not supposed to speak? Like, What are you doing? Like he's, and that's like 20 years later. He's like, just be patient. There's a reason. But he's, if you're always going to the well to get water, and there's an ulterior motive, like, I have to bring it back to the group, or I have to report my findings. How sincere is the interaction with the individual? Like, when you fall in love with your spouse-to-be, you definitely go back to your friends and go, hey, I I met somebody. It It was special. But I didn't go to Ryan and go, like, Here's, let me give you the details about everything that I found in Sophie. I told him a lot, but it was like, hey, I want you to meet this person. It was, it, it was you know, it's important to me. It's special. But the, the details, they're mine. They're really not for you. They're special. It's really intimate. And I'm not talking about the intimate, intimate stuff. I'm talking about just the interactions that started it all out, where I sat down face-to-face across the table in Berkeley. For the first time, and I asked her how many kids she wanted. (laughs) And she won, (laughs) because we probably are going to have another one. Um, uh, But there was so much that was going on in those interactions, none of which I wrote down. I didn't go home and journal, so I could come and turn it into a story for you guys later. There was something special that was happening between us, and that's the life. That God is calling you guys up to, where there's a a draw and a sincere interaction between you and Him, that no notepads required. It's just a dedication to setting time aside for you and Him to begin to dance together and to interact. No one will ever see it. It's not so that you can speak, it's not so that you can heal. It's not so that you can get smarter or grow or have evidence of your faith. It's because it's a real relationship that he's calling you up to. Not to say that you're not in one now, but I promise you if, we, if Paul were in the room and he were to begin to talk about his interactions with Jesus, we would recognize that he was a little bit higher. <laughs> like, wow, he's, he just knows more. He's seen him more. How about Moses? Same thing. How about all the guys that are, you know, they all, it's not that it's like there's tears of better than or worse than, it's just that the more you spend with someone, the more intimate you are, that's the goal that you should have in mind and heart when we begin to talk about how we interact with God, is how well do I know him? How well does he know me? It's a big part of the story, because you guys are excellent at showing up here, and you're excellent at community. And you're excellent at reading prayers together. Which is really important. Those are good prayers. Um, you're excellent at all of this. And I think most of you are, are, are churning towards the more that comes with, how does my personal God life come alive in a way to where it's trustworthy and it drives me through everything? And it's this, it's this intimacy. It's intimacy. That's the, the word I'm, I'm talking about. It's intimacy. And it's beautiful. And you've got it. And you can do it. Don't be afraid of it. One of the things I was thinking about earlier is that Jesus, before he launches into his full-time ministry, he, he goes to the wilderness. That's intimacy. It's quiet. But it had to have also been the hardest, one of the hardest experiences of his life. But the funny thing is you, you follow Jesus' life and ministry after that. He keeps going back to withdrawing himself from everyone. If I had spent 40 days in the wilderness and the devil himself had showed up and I had this confrontation and I'm, I'm using scripture to battle him off and then the angels come and help me afterwards, not during, after, that means I survived this like difficult, difficult thing. And maybe for some of us it feels that way. It's like when I get quiet, it gets loud. You guys know what I mean by that? If I slow down, I need a notepad and I need to journal because my mind is going so fast that I can't stop it. And by the time I'm done journaling, I'm like, oh, got to go. 24 minutes. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Woo, that was tough. Was the worship on the whole time? Probably. You need noise. You're too loud up here. Okay, not a criticism. It's a, it's a how peaceful are you? How good are you just waiting quietly for him? and I need worship a lot of the times. This was the monster of a week for me. I had so much stress and anxiety coming into this moment. It's very strange. I don't typically function that way. Just work life, three children, haven't slept in three and a half years. It's adding up. <laughs> it's adding up, I promise. It's it's. We're tired. We're very tired, and so it's funny when it gets tired or when work gets busy and there's stress involved. It's like if I go, if, if you were to say, "Hey, Vince, just just go go be quiet, be with Jesus for a minute. He'll take that away." You're like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh." That's the last place I want to go. So yesterday, in preparation for this, my wife's like, "What do you need? You want to spend some time by yourself?" Yeah. So I go into the office and I start playing a video game, The Civilization. You guys know that game? <laughs> any, any any gamer nerds around here? I love that game. I have for like 10 years. That game is like on iteration six, and I just it's like this addictive long strategy game that just is a complete and utter waste of time. But I like it. I like it. <laughs> and, and when I'm busy here, it's much easier for me to go there than just to be quiet. Even though my body needs rest, my mind needs rest, I need peace more than anything. But because I'm going, and I have my notepad there, and if I'm going to hear from Jesus, it's so I can get it down and get moving. I, all, you know, I do an alternate. I'm sure you guys, we all have alternates. It's what do I do in the moment where I really need to slow down? Do you watch a lot of movies at night? Do you listen to a lot of music? Do you work out a lot? Because I've been through that phase too where it's like I go exercise when I'm exhausted <laughs> because I'm just, uh, I'm so... And so God has your interests in mind. He's like, how are you going to elevate your intimacy with me? How are you going to get good at this quieting down thing, where you can enjoy that peaceful, beautiful, still lake, and see that there's a rock, yes, that was skipping across the water, but the funny thing with that picture is, wouldn't you be interested in who threw the rock? Just focused on that rock skipping across the water. If you're, if you have no notepad in mind, and you're not studying something, you may take the time to go, hey, good throw. What do you want to do now? It seems too simple but that's really how it is that's really what the interactions are like and the funniest thing about God I probably spent year, like years taking orders taking notes I dreamt of doing the prophetic ministry stuff so like I always wanted to hear his voice and I eventually would get to where he'd talk to me about people and it was like all right and I'd go to church and I'd go give those people those words and I'd pray, pray at the altar and it was like I'm winning like it's working, (laughs) it took forever, but I finally got it, it's so cool, it is cool, it's amazing, and that's good, but it like, fast forward another 15 years, and he was like, you want to talk to me now, you know, do you want to hang out with me, he wasn't, he wasn't being critical, it was just like, hey, I'm here, I want to talk to you, and we can do the prophetic ministry stuff, that's cool, But I just want us. I really want us. I'm jealous for us. This is him talking to me. I'm jealous for you. And I I don't need you to take notes. I have the Holy Spirit that goes with you wherever you go, and he'll fill you up with information and words so you can speak them out. Like, don't worry about it. Um, Are you okay with just us being together right now? Or is your agenda going to dominate again today? And he's really, I'm saying it, and it sounds harsh. He's not harsh. It's not like a you're good or bad. He's he's love all the time. But this is my challenge to you guys today as a group. Pick your hopes up that he will bring you into a place of intimacy like he's modeled for us in the Bible. So the models are Moses. The models are the prophets. The models are the disciples. The models are Paul. These heroes are ours, right? Oh, she's rude. She's so rude. Oh, my gosh my wife's fault. She does does this. She does this, like four or five times a night. (laughs) Um, So, guys, listen. Be encouraged by what I just said. Don't be be criticized. That was not a critical thing. It was a, look higher, go higher. He wants you to go higher. Take courage, turn Civilization 6 off, and spend some time getting there. Get there. You can do it. All right? All right. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> that's it. Oof, brutal. All right. Break. Mm-hmm. All right, you're still here. I got to say some more. Um, I want to think about one thing together today. I want to think about Peter again. We talked about Peter a little bit last time. We talked about the interaction he had with Jesus where he says, Jesus, like... Don't say that you're gonna die, and Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan!" You remember that? Like it was pretty aggressive interaction between those two. I want to think about the moment where Peter denies Jesus three times, um, and I'll give you a little color. I've got a good friend. You guys don't. No one here knows him, and he doesn't live in the state. He's going through a, probably a divorce, and it's pretty aggressive, and it's pretty pretty nasty. A lot of sin issues, and. Um, very active, involved church folks, like super good leader of the ministry folks, and super nasty divorce folks <laughs> these days. It's pretty aggressive. Um, and I'm watching it, and I'm I'm walking with him through it. I've been through it, so I kind of get it. And it's a very long process, and it's very painful. And I'm watching him walk through it, but I, I kind of, I'm always kind of thinking as I'm watching this happen, like, God you're working because I'm working with him really closely and I'm also concerned about her and I'm I'm like God you're so amazing because you come right alongside both sides of this equation and you're so close to them through this process that's how he works he doesn't say one was at fault therefore I'm working on the other one until just because they deserve it he doesn't do that He's 100% all in to all of us all the time. And so he in his mercy and his goodness and his perfect wisdom is able to walk right alongside us as we're making terrible decisions, as we're veering off the tracks in the worst possible ways. The moment we're willing to lean in, he's right there. And, and I'm watching this with my good friends, and it's just gut-wrenching. It's just gut-wrenching. The amazing thing is God has shown, shown us some things about his future, and so I know where this is going for him, and and I don't tell him this, but I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so good. (laughs) It's so gnarly right now, but it's gonna be so good because God is so hyper-focused on his well-being, and he's gonna pull him up to a place he never could have gone without having walked through this really deep, difficult trial. Um, But I think about that with my friends, and I also think about Peter. And I'm like, you know what? I just feel like this is who God is. He's the God who comes to utter failures and makes them heroes. This is who he is. This is how he chooses to function. He doesn't find the perfect people. He finds the ones that are utterly broken, have made in, unfixable errors. And he says, those are the ones I want to build my church on. In fact, I, wanna, I want my heritage and lineage for all eternity to be rooted in people that went through these circumstances. And it's just, it's it's challenging to me because I want to be excellent. I've had super huge errors in my life. I, we all have, right? Like, I hope. Like, I'm, I'm not the only one. I hope, right? You don't have to nod your head, but just... Wink, wink, at, close your, like blink at me. Tell me like you too have made mistakes that you were just like these were, I, I can't come back from these. It's either gonna tear up this relationship forever or it's gonna do, it's gonna alter my everything. Like you guys have had those moments, I assume. Okay, if you haven't, sometimes they show up. And, um, and so what, what ends up seeping into my, my mentality is this utter devastation when those errors happen. And it it becomes a question of, do you really believe in the God that you said you believed in when we started all this? And usually it takes years for people to come back around to, well, maybe he'll use me again. Maybe he has hopes for me or dreams for me. Maybe I didn't disqualify myself. And so what I want to think about with Peter, because I think he's he's the archetype for all of us, in so many ways, is that he walked with Jesus from day one in terms of his ministry tenure. Jesus is walking along the lake, and he sees Peter and his brother Andrew. And Andrew comes to Peter and says, Peter, I think I found the one we've been looking for. That says so much. That says that Andrew and Peter had been following probably John the Baptist around. They were probably very aware of the 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 messiah they they knew that that he was coming they had some sense in them they were common people just like you and me they were doing the normal trades of their day and they they as brothers had bound together and said we're gonna we're going to join we're gonna find the messiah we're gonna follow him and we're gonna usher in his kingdom we are that generation And so Andrew comes to Peter and he goes, I think I found him. And Peter says, yes. And Jesus says, I want you two to follow me. And it's a very exciting story. It's an exciting story. We have some errors that Peter makes. He says a lot of dumb things. He doesn't understand Jesus most of the time. He doesn't seem like the best follower. There's others that are like more intimate with Jesus. Some are probably smarter. Peter just happens to be the one that's bold and brash. And God's like, he's the one. Just for whatever reason, he's the one. And then they come to this moment where it's like, we've done miraculous, wondrous, mighty things. And now Jesus starts to roll out this concept of, guys, I'm probably not going to be here for, for very long. And this is where Peter goes, no, 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 you're, you're crazy. Don't say it. Don't say it, Jesus. We, Let me tell you what this has all been about. I've been following you for a long time. I was following you before you let me follow you. I was following John the Baptist, and he was telling about the Messiah. And then you came along. And Jesus, you're the Messiah. And what a Messiah is, he's the guy that saves the world. And so we're going to save the world together. I'm your number two. Got it? We're going to save the world together. It's going to be awesome. You can be the king. I'll be your right-hand man. It's going to be great. We can take over the Roman Empire. They're not that big. We can do it. We got angels. We can do this. Okay? Simple. Ball it all up. That's where his head had to be. Messiah. That's what it means. Comes back, saves the people from the oppressive ruler, regime, or whatever you want to call it, that's, that's where his head had to go. Because if you watch Peter's words to Jesus throughout the, the, the story, Peter was always so literal. Everyone was super literal. Jesus is like, did anyone, you know, um, watch out for the, the yeast of the Pharisees. And they're like, D- who, f- who forgot the bread? <laughs> like, who forgot the bread? I don't get it. Where's, why does he keep talking about yeast? Why, we're, in, we're in a boat. Why? God he does this every time like, like they were all super literal and, and Peter was like literally you're the Messiah and literally we're going to fight them away and take over this place and Jesus is like okay just shh, just okay just, just be quiet it kind of moves on they'll go do some more miracles and then but he comes back to this, this thing of like hey Peter you're going to deny me three times heads up it's coming probably tomorrow (laughs) Peter's like I'll never do that that's not possible Um, but he does a servant girl you know he's sitting by the fire outside and she's like hey aren't you one of the disciples he's like no never have been are you sure no never have never will wasn't me Another. I think it's a separate is it a separate servant (laughs) the scholar nods as the second servant girl comes along and says, hey, you're, you're that guy. And he's like, no, I never, I swear to you. Oath kind of thing. You guys know the, the Bible's pretty full of these things about don't make an oath. It's like you're gonna die if you break it. He makes an, like an oath, like I never have <laughs> been a follower of Jesus. It's pretty major, It's pretty serious. They're under the law. It's like he just condemned, he broke ties formally, once and for all, forever. And it was heavy. He was following Jesus as Jesus is getting pulled into the crucifixion sequence. And a little girl says, Aren't you one of his followers? They're at a campfire. There's probably like six people around. There's a lot of activity going on. Do you think he would have, like, fear gripped him like I can't die I was following him so that we could take over the world and he said I was going to do it with him he said I would usher in his kingdom we have the power guys I laid hands on people and they were healed like I have supernatural flame that comes out of me (laughs) that you guys can't see but I feel it and it transforms people's lives but it was all gone that night. Jesus surrendered himself to like 20 or 30. I don't know how many. You know that one? Oh, come on. See, he's not as good as he says he is. He's not as good as he says he is. I study a lot. Yeah. yeah right, 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 right. Um, uh, but he was, he was afraid. His dream had been crushed. He, the, the guy he thought he knew broke the idea that they had together. Doesn't that sound like a divorce a little bit? The guy he thought, your girl, whatever, they, they knew, broke the dream that they had together. He was justified in and of his, himself. He was, he was in his space, in his world, and he said, I can't. I'm out. And guys, it wasn't just Peter. It says all the sheep will scatter when the, when the shepherd is struck. Prophecy in Isaiah talking about Jesus. When the shepherd struck, all the sheep were scattered. All of the disciples ran away. All of them said they didn't belong. They weren't associated. We don't know him anymore because all of their ideas about him were crushed when he gave his life over. Fast forward if you read the book of Acts, Jesus, sorry, uh, Peter describing what had happened with Jesus, he's telling the, the crowd on the day of Pentecost, he's like, guys, let me tell you what just happened. You, Jewish people, put him to death. But it was, it was foretold, it was God's idea that it went down this way, it was a sovereign event if you pause there that means that peter had a revelation because he had an interaction with jesus we know that jesus resurrected from the the grave he comes back and he, he meets them individually and he's like i'm here like thomas i'm here touch me he talked to them at length he explained the old testament and how he had fulfilled it and and peter has this moment where he's like guys It, was all, it all had to be this way. He accepted God's words when God said to him, Peter, you're free. You're forgiven. I set you free. He had to experience that for himself in order to move forward into the dream that God had actually had for him. He'd been preparing him for this all those years about the kingdom coming through you You being a leader, the leader maybe, of this new church that's going to form. He didn't use that language, but he was preparing Peter, saying, Peter, there's so much that I'm building into you. You can trust me. I'm trustworthy. You can believe boldly. I am worth believing for. And then Peter was allowed to completely crumble and fail. And then he had to make a decision to get back up and agree with Jesus that his denial of Jesus was somehow completely washed away. And he had to agree that he was worthy of dedicating the rest of his life from that point forward to Jesus and not fearing that he would do it again, that he would fail again. This is a big mental mountain that Peter had to get over. And this is the same mountain that I think all of us have to get over in different instances, and I feel like what I want for you guys today is I want a renewed excitement about the work that Jesus has done for us. Because in that excitement about Jesus being the thing that allows us to forgive ourselves comes everything. I have huge dreams for us. I'm, I'm, I'm lumping us all together. We're a family. I have huge dreams for us. Like change the world dreams. Like, we can do all the cool stuff in the Bible dreams. Like, we should expect to see it and do it dreams. But the foundation of our power, our authority, our ability, is in this, this joining together with Jesus in this place of, I believe that nothing I could ever do could disqualify me from the promise you've made for my future. You're that great. Jesus, your sacrifice was that good. And so, guys... It's the basics. It's the basics of the faith. But I want to remind you that that's our heritage. It's who we are. It's people that are fallen and broken and a, and a Savior, a Messiah, who's amazing in his ability to wash it all away. It's all completely gone if we say yes. If we agree, it's that simple. I agree with you, Jesus. I agree that your death allowed all of my failures to be washed. And now I can step forward and my identity can be what you call me. Peter's the rock. He's the one, the foundation, the the cornerstone of the church. It might be the truth of what Peter said when he said he's the Messiah, or it might just be him, or it might be the two combined. Maybe he embodied the truth that God had in mind for him. And Peter can say, I am capable to carry the weight of God's glory and introduce a kingdom the world that's never been it that's never seen it before with this kind of power in the hands of the common people like me and guys that should be something like where your dreams reside it should sound something like that it should sound crazy big if it's common and normal don't accept it forever just assume it's for now where you're at's for now but there's much bigger and much more that god's calling you into think they got it. I think we got it. I think we got it. Um. You know, one of the funny things, I really wrestle every time I come to have like a three-point sermon, because that's what this guy does every time, like a machine. He's a beast. He's very good at it. It's it's so natural for him. I want to encourage you guys, if you don't fit into the mold that is of the house, but you have the heart that's of the house. You better be vocal, and you better be present, and you better not shrink, because sometimes if we conform to the nature of a house, we're not bringing ourselves to it, and you feeling like, hey, I just don't do it the way they do, doesn't mean you shouldn't be here. It means you should be yourself, and you should be pure, and you should be motivated to get loud, because I feel like that um, when I laid hands on you earlier... I was hugging you, but there, there's a there's a big old mantle on you, dude. It's really big, and this is a this this is a big responsibility. There's a really big ministry thing on you, um, but it's the fruit of this house embracing the individual identities of who they are, the individualism, but of the collective whole, and it takes it takes some radical aggression to say I am qualified, I'm worthy. I believe, and God speaks to me, and, and we together can attack this region and really affect it. One of the things that um, the Lord was saying to me earlier is just that they're so good at being in here, but being in here is like 5% of the whole. He really has huge dreams for you guys outside of these doors. There's a huge anointing coming to this house, but it has a lot to do with the workplace. It has a lot to do with the, the, the schools that you guys are in and the people that you touch on the outside. And so the courage that it requires to be who God's intended for you to be out there requires that you practice in here with a lot of courage. You practice getting prayer. You practice praying for each other. You practice confessing your sins. You practice the normal life of like, hey, I'm broken, but I want you to help heal me, and I want to heal you, and I want to be honest all the time, and I want to be vocal, and I want to be loud, and I want to be me, and I want to feel like I can be me and be loved. And I promise you, you can here. It's a very, very very safe place. And so I just want to encourage you guys. I, I brought up the sermon thing because I, I'm a, I would call me a maturing. I'm a pretty, I've been around this stuff a lot. I've, I love the Lord and I'm really sincere and I've followed him for a very long time. There's always a weight when you come into an environment that, that wants to tell you how you should, have, should be. And it's not because the leaders are doing it. I mean, you guys, it's not that. It's the nature of how we function. It's when you go to your new job and you look around. and You go, "Well, how do they dress? Well, how do they talk to each other?" Okay, I can do that too. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get promoted. <laughs> like, I, we just hired a new guy, and he's like, "He's like, Vince, do you always dress like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I do." And, and not like this. It's this w- real estate. It's this. We would do the slacks and the stupid. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. It really is. Yeah, this is recorded. I don't care. It, it's it's the it's the worst. It's the worst. I hate it. I really hate it. And I'm like, I, I was like, don't change the way you're dressed. Because he came in with like the, you know business casual, like he would fit in probably where all you guys work. But real estate, we'd, we're developers. We interact with people about their properties, and they're old, and they, they I'm young for them, and so that that's the dynamic. And it's just an old school industry. And so he's like, should I change? And I was like, no, please don't. Like, I want you to dress like you want to dress because I want you to be comfortable here. Let me deal, because I'm, I'm, I'm above that, so yeah, I'm dealing with the, the top dog folks. They need old. They want everyone to be old and look old. And <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll be old. Let me be the, I'll be the old guy. All right? You just be you. Enjoy yourself. Be relaxed. Be you here. Have high energy and go. And that's how we should feel when we come into this house. Your worship should evolve. You individually should feel the, the strength and boldness to expand your, the way you worship. If you're just getting the songs down, that's good. It's a start. But you have to begin to like, worship God with expression in a way that's natural for you. Okay? And so like, challenge yourself. How can I get more connected with God in the way that I would in my intimate time, my private time, here? You know, and bring it here. And as you bring it here, it will lift this whole water level up. And then when you guys will all go out together and really impact some things. All right. I really like you guys, believe it or not. I really do. You're, you're really sincere, and you're really trying. And God can't ask for more than that. Like, that's what I say about myself always. Like, I'm sincere. Like, I'm, I'm really sincere. <laughs> I promise I'm doing this, like, out of the best of intentions. He's like, shh, Quiet go to sleep. Stop bugging me. Um, um, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come, and I want to ask him to minister to us individually. If you've been challenged by anything today, if you you don't know Jesus, like the salvation thing I just talked about, where you feel like you're just kind of working yourself into, I really want to lay it down, and I want to forgive myself, and I want to know that he's forgiven me, and I want to move forward and kind of start trying that life, a new life. Or if you're on the opposite side of it where you've done this a long time, but for whatever reason in this season, you've, you've allowed a lot of sin and, and stuff that's not consistent with who you dream of being to attach itself to you, and for whatever reason, it's got a hold right now. And you say, and this is sometimes the harder thing to say, I've let a lot of junk into my life, and I almost feel confused at this point, and I need to let it go, and I need to look back to Jesus and go, Jesus, hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I promise you when Peter interacted with Jesus after that denial, and Jesus was like, hey, you know, how are you? <laughs> I'm sure he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A lot. And that's how we do it. That's all it takes. It's, not, it's just in this moment, we can come back to Jesus and say, God, I'm sorry, and I want the big dreams back, front and center in my heart, because we have a lot to do. You named me. You called me something special, and that's what I want to agree with from here on out. So if you're on either side of the the fence on those two things, I just want to invite you. There's a prayer team afterwards that would love to pray with you. It's simple. It's easy. But that's how God starts all of this. It's, do you believe it? Agree with someone else, and we'll do it together. And then we'll start a process of just, we can run. We can really dream. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and speak to you guys that way and then uh, see if he has anything else. Anything else. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for opening the door uh, to an overcoming life to all of us. For dreaming for us, being for us at all times, never ever uh, giving up on us because you desire us like kids to do so many things that we've dreamt of since the time we were young and so God I just pray for this team that's here today I pray Father that that you would begin to speak to their hearts you'd remind them how much you love them you'd tell them how beautiful they are how proud you are of them how much courage they have how many promises that you've made them and if they've never even thought this way God that you would begin to introduce them to some of your dreams for them that you would show them in their mind right now big dreams, them doing things they never thought were possible, them having a family they didn't dream of for themselves, them working in an arena they didn't think was possible for them to work in, them having more funds than they thought were possible because their parents didn't. God, give them bigger hopes, bigger dreams today. And so, Father, we just again, together as a team, agree that you have great plans for us, and we as a team say, forgive us, Elevate our thinking, Lord. Help us to agree with you about ourselves so that we can go impact the places you've called us to and be the people you've dreamt of us being. I'm going to invite the guitar guy and whatever music. What's that? Oh. Oh, yeah, she does. Come on up. Come on come on, yeah, Clementine's going to say her first words to you guys, hold on, (laughs) this is Sophia, but while she's doing that, why why don't the the music folks come on up and the prayer team can kind of get ready, okay,
2: okay, first thing, it's really cool. Whenever I come here, God speaks really clearly, and he shows me a lot of pictures, so that means his presence is always here, because he doesn't really do that in every church that we go to, so um, it's really awesome, He's He's, and that's because of you guys, and especially because of Ryan and Suki, and it's just really awesome, but one thing that he showed me during worship, um, you guys are... Who has been here for, like, 10 years around that time, or or five plus, five years plus, who has been here? Okay, that's really awesome. Um, you guys have been, like, contending for a really long time, and it feels like you've been contending through really deep, dark waters uh, for a long time, and you've been contending for more, like, God, we want more, and and the sincerity is there of, God, we want revival, we want to, you have this whole list of things that you feel like God spoke to you that would happen, and so you've just been pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing, um, and you guys are so close, you're so close, I saw this, like, staircase, I'm going to pass my baby off, because I'm shaking, I don't think that's Holy Spirit, it's because I'm on a microphone and I get really nervous, <laughs> Um <laughs> But I'll pretend that it's the Holy Spirit. Um, but I saw this. I saw this staircase, and you guys were on the second to the top stair. And he said, "There's only one thing. Like, there's there's one step between you guys and the things that you have prayed for for so long, and between you guys and Jesus, like the like real Jesus." And he said, "That's adornment." And taking you and I'm like okay what is like what does that look like and I saw you guys just like relaxing big time and saying god we've like said all of the prayers that we can say and like you know what we want and and so you just sit And I saw you laying on your face and telling Jesus how awesome he is. And with every, like, word that came out of your mouth, these really beautiful, colorful stones and gems were coming out, and he was picking them up and putting them on him. And you guys were just adorning him with your worship. It was so beautiful. And that's all that it is. And so I free you guys of the pressing, and I free you guys of the, like, what else can we do? Because it's really just worship, that's all. And it's, and it's not worship like the worship, like, oh, I'm gonna worship so we can get this. It's just, Jesus, you are so beautiful. And that's it. It's just remembering why you guys are here in the first place. It's because somewhere along the line, Jesus showed how awesome he is to you. And you're like, oh, he's awesome, so I'm gonna come and do this. And that's all that it is. And so that's really exciting. And then for some other people, you guys can start playing. <laughs> Set the mood a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, <for laughs> Vince is making fun of me now, so just so you know, he does it to everyone. Um, there's some other people here where during worship, I heard that God said that there's a chapter closing in your life that you want to close. (laughs) And I saw him, I saw him just like shutting, like slamming the book, like closing it very firmly. And it, it wasn't firm because he's upset. It was like, this is done. I'm putting an end to this. And so if that's you today, I just really feel like prophetically that when, when I speak this over you that we're going to say today when you guys walk out of the doors, the chapter of difficult is done. There's been really, really dark stuff going on. And so if that's you, would you be bold enough to stand and just claim this, like claim this for yourself? Like I'm... And you you can probably, you're probably the person who has been to all the altar calls and had all the pastors pray for you and done all of the stuff. But the awesome thing is that God honors all of the stuff that you did. And then he just says, okay, now it's my turn and I'm going to end it. Because he's that awesome, he can just do it. Not that all of the stuff you've done has been in vain. It's all been a part of the process. But then when he says it's done, it's done. It's done and you get to open up a new chapter. And so if that is you, if you're wanting a chapter to end in your life, will you just, will you stand and just be brave? Or raise your hand if you don't want to stand. I just feel like there's there's something in like claiming this for yourself. You and the black jacket right there yeah you with the ponytail I'm glad you stood because I looked back and I saw you and God said something new is going to happen in your life and he's going to open doors financially in areas that you've been struggling and there's not going to be a huge lack in your life I'm just going to say that there's not a lack in your life, and you are not lacking. There's nothing in you that is lacking to be the person that you want to be. Somewhere along the line, you kind of believed that, oh, there must be something that I could be doing better. There must be something that's wrong with me, because it seems like I just like, keep getting bad news after bad news after bad news. Like Things just keep happening to me, and that's going to end today. And so let's pray for everyone that stood up and you guys just receive this word and believe it that you're done, it's done, it's done. Oh Holy Spirit, we thank you that you were just you were just sweeping over all of these faces that are standing. Oh, just take some deep breaths. He's, he's here with his peace.
0: Jesus.
2: So God, we agree with your word. Your word says your, everything you say is yes and amen. And so Jesus, we agree today that as the sun has already gone down, there's a new day tomorrow, and it's a new chapter, and there's an end, there's an end, there's an end, there's an end to this chapter that has been difficult, that has been taxing, that has been exhausting, and God, we thank you for a, a start, I, I just see him pushing, you know those, We I don't have one of those, but those cars where you just have to push the button and it starts, I just saw him push the button something new is starting today and so God I just ask that tonight all of these people will have the best rest that they've had that you would awaken their dream life that they would have the best dreams that they've ever had that the torment in the middle of the night would end that the constant waking up would end and that rest would come. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow, I want you guys to wake up and before your feet hit the floor say, It's a new day, it's a new chapter. It's it. It is.
0: Thank you. All right. It's a good word. All right, let's stand on our feet together. We'll end with one worship song. And uh, you guys ready? All right, let's have one worship song, celebrate Jesus, and then we'll uh, go on. If you'd like prayer, there's a whole crew of people up here that are willing and able to pray for you about anything.